Spring podcast. I'm Pastor Laura Blevins, inviting you to enjoy this week's message from the First United Methodist Church of Excelsior Springs. Thank you for coming to the waters for uplifting music, rejuvenation, and inspiration. Thank you for coming to the spring. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the spring. Uh, in your attendance, or your, in your bulletin, there's an attendance uh, marker, and you'll be able to, uh, to take that out and put it in the uh, offering as that comes around in a little bit. But my name is Ethan, and I'm one of the worship leaders here, and we're really excited to, uh, to just be with you this morning and to get to uh, uh, be with you for this break of, of heat that we've had this morning. So uh, if y'all wouldn't mind standing with us, if you're able, we're going to begin by just, uh, just singing some songs together. Chance when I'm standing in your 
Nothing here that can ease the pain. Lay it all down. Lay it all down at the feet of Jesus. At the feet of Jesus. Lay it all down. Lay it all down. Lay it all down. Lay it all down. 
there's no way out and nothing that we can do and nowhere we can turn and no one we can talk to, Lord, you are there. And all you ask is that we give our love and devotion to you. Thank you for being there for us and remind us on a daily basis we can lay it all, all of it down and give it to you. In Jesus' name we pray. As you can tell, I am not Pastor Laura. Uh, Pastor Laura is with her family, and they are in Branson uh, this weekend. They are in Silver Dollar City, the gym of the Midwest. They have diamond in the rough there. Uh, my name is Ethan. I am one of the worship leaders here, and so I'm going to be uh, sharing with you all uh, this morning. I'm really excited about that. Uh, but first thing is first, I want to ask you all a question. Do you remember your first job? Do you remember your first job, the first job you had? For some of you, maybe it was, it was chores. For some of you, uh, for some of you, maybe you're like, I'm still at my first job. For some of you, maybe you're like, that was a long time ago. For maybe for some of you, that job doesn't even exist anymore. I don't know what that would be. Uh, but I remember my first job was working with my dad. My dad did different uh, electrical work for places, uh, mostly as far as like running uh, lines for, for computers. Um, at that time, you had to uh, plug your computer into a wall in order to get internet was kind of before the, the whole Wi-Fi thing was, was big, um, which I don't know how coffee shops existed in those days. Like, what would you do without, you'd have to talk to people. Crazy. Uh, but anyhow, I remember part of my job was to take a screwdriver, and the, the power was off at this particular building where we were, and my dad had tasked me with going to all of the different places on the wall where you would have to plug in your computer because he was going to have to run new wiring for all that. And I got the job of going over to the little box on the wall and unscrewing it and then taking the little plate and the screw and setting it down so that my dad could, could take those things out and work on them. And I remember being so excited to have the, the screwdriver with me because I was, I was doing something. I was working. And, and this screwdriver was like this, like, accomplishment, like this proud thing. I remember, like, when I would go with my dad, I would get up early, and I would get the screwdriver out, and I would bring it with me, and I'd put it in my basketball shorts pocket, and I have this, like, dangerous, like, weapon that would stab me, and I don't know why that was ever fine, but I would do that because I loved my first job and the tools of that job. Now... 
Today in our reading, we are going to be in Matthew chapter 4. We're talking about this idea, we're in this new series about grace. I believe it's called Gone Waiting. And so we're going to be talking about some different passages throughout the next couple weeks that have to do with hope. So today's passage is in the book of Matthew. So if you have your Bibles with you, would you turn to the book of Matthew? We are going to start actually in verse 18. Sorry, that's my fault. Um, And it says, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, this is Jesus. It says he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me. And immediately, I will make you fish for people. After this, they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John, in the boat with their father, Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called to them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed Jesus. Now, I want us to just for a moment listen to verse says immediately they left their nets and followed him nets were these intricate parts of of fishing it was like the tool of the day it was like the screwdriver was for me it was everything because what would happen then they didn't have these big fancy reels and rods that could cast all these yards. They had big nets that they would throw out onto one side of the boat, and as the fish swam by, the fish would get caught in this net. They would reel the net into the boat, and voila, filet fish right there. That was it. Y'all are, are good. That's, that's all I've got for you today, filet fish No, but they would reel in these, these big, heavy nets with these fish in the nets, and that's how they would would catch all of these fish. Now, a thing or two about the early world. If someone was going to be in the ministry, if someone was going to have a work following someone, if they were going to be disciples of a certain teacher, that would have happened from a very young age. So they would have had to memorize all these books of the Bible. Uh, at that time, it would have been just the Old Testament. So they would have had to memorize that. They would have memorized the parts of the Bible that for us are like, you have to read that part? Like that, that what, what does that even mean? It's just lists of names. And they would have had that memorized. But for those that didn't succeed in that, those that didn't excel in that, what they would often do is they would go work the family trade. So in this part of the Bible, what we have is we have people working the family trade. So that means that they were probably more than likely the ones that didn't make the cut, the ones that weren't really good enough. Because we see them here, a couple of them with their father, Zebedee. By the way, any of you looking to have kids, Zebedee, 
hot name, it's trending, trust me, 20 years from now, everyone's going to be named it. Uh, yes, you can tell them I'm calling it. Anyhow, they're with their father on this boat, and they're casting out these nets, trying to catch fish. And Jesus says to them, come, follow me. And he says this incredible line in verse 20, and it says, they left their nets and followed him. Now think of what these nets represented. These weren't just things that you would go to Walmart every couple weeks and buy. These nets were probably things that had been in the family for a long period of time. It represented tradition. It represented history. It represented your line of work. This was your tool. This is who you were. But it says that they left them to follow Jesus. Now, I am not a lawyer and I am not in law, but I enjoy learning about different things. And one of the things that I found fascinating is the term recidivism. Are you familiar with the term recidivism? It is this concept, this idea, this, this thing that, that refers to someone leaving something and then returning. Here's an example. The state of Delaware in 2013 did a study on the recidivism rate of criminals. People who were put in prison for serious offenses and then got out of prison. This study concluded that in the state of Delaware, eight out of 10 prisoners that have been released for a serious offense ended back up in the prison system within a year. Recidivism, it's the sense of leaving something but then returning to it. Being freed from something but then going So what, what does that have to do with, with what we're talking about this morning? Well, just like we started in the book of Matthew, I want to take us to the end of the book of John. So at the beginning of the New Testament, you have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And those kind of like, of like the, the ones that, that, that frame it are, are Matthew and John. And so we started in Matthew, and now we're going to jump to the very end of the Gospel of John. At the end of the Gospel of John, if you have your Bibles in chapter 21, starting in verse 1, we have this. And this is after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan, in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, the two brothers of the disciple, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out, got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Now, I want to paint a picture for you. These guys are the ones that didn't make the they were the not good enoughs, but yet they
they were called by Jesus to follow them. Something unheard of. Jesus called the not good enough, the people that weren't skilled enough, weren't talented enough, that had to drop out and do the family trade because the religious system of the day said they didn't meet the criteria. Radical. It says when Jesus called them, they left their nets in order to follow Jesus. Then what happened is they followed Jesus, we assume for roughly three and a half years, somewhere around there. We aren't really quite exactly sure how long they followed Jesus, but, but we assume it's at least three and a half years. And they see Jesus do all of these incredible things. Imagine being Peter, this person who wasn't good enough, who thought <clears throat> that all they had was just to work the family trade, and not that that's a bad thing now, but in those days, being in the ministry, following a rabbi was here. It was the best you could do. And so Peter goes from fishing to leaving his nets and following Jesus. And while he does that, he sees water turn to wine. He sees Lazarus raised from the dead. He sees all of these incredible things. He sees 5,000 men fed. That's not including women and children. Can you imagine how many people were fed with five loaves of bread and two fish? And you see all of this stuff happen, and they're following Jesus, and they see this. But then things get tough. Things start feeling, well, uh, Jesus says, You're, I'm going to be betrayed. All of a sudden, Jesus is, is taken to prison, and they're they see Jesus killed and hung on the cross. And Peter, in the midst of this time, in the midst of having forsaken everything to follow Jesus, <clears throat> when it gets really tough, what does Peter do? He goes back to where he was. He goes back goes back to fishing. The thing he left, the thing that he let go of, the thing that was good, it was good to do this, but he was like, I'm not going to do this. And so when it got tough, Peter went back. Now, how often is this our story? We start an endeavor. We start something. We say we're committing to it, and we know it's going to be tough. We know it's going to be the harder way. We know in the end it's going to be better, and that we're letting go of some good things in order to do the great thing. But then when it gets really tough, we end up going back to our nets. We end up going back to the thing we knew. Maybe this idea of, of, of following Jesus, when when you were first hearing about it, was like, oh my goodness, I want to do that. You're hearing how Jesus fed the hungry, how he forgave the people that were deemed unforgivable, how Jesus created a group of people that were outsiders and invited them in, and you heard all these things about Jesus, and you're like, I want to be a part of that. But then through the years, it kind of got monotonous, and it's kind of gotten 
and you feel like in some ways maybe you've gone back. Or maybe it's, it's just some of those things where it's just like, it's just, it's easier to continue in this way. Like, I still like Jesus. I can't imagine that, that Peter going back to his nets was just like, I, don't, I didn't even like that time of my life. I'm sure Peter would, would have just been like, yeah, you know, it was a good time of life. It was good while it lasted. But he went back to what he knew. And what's beautiful about that is in verse 19, when Jesus sees Peter, his response isn't, how could you? Are you serious? You went back? How dare you, Peter? Can't believe you. Jesus' response to Peter is just like it was in Matthew 4. Jesus says, Peter, follow me. Follow me. Maybe some of us have gone back to nets. Now, this can, can mean whatever for you. This, this is a broad example. Maybe some of you have, have walked away from good things, really good things, because it got tough. And you've gone back to being comfortable. Maybe this, this message of Jesus saying, love your neighbor, it's like, yes, I'm all for that. I can do that. And then your neighbor puts out that sign for that politician that you despise and you say, I'm not doing that. different places in your life where it's just easier to go back to the way it was, to the nets that you got up in. Because this radical message of, of Jesus, of loving your neighbor, if it's anyone different from you, maybe the message of Jesus of, of radical forgiveness when it's not deserved, maybe the, the message of Jesus showing kindness to everyone in a way that costs you not to just hold the door open for someone, but in ways that cost you. Maybe for some of us, that's just kind of too hard, too much. And it's just easier to go back to our nets and to appreciate that time, to appreciate those things. But church, can I just invite us to hear It is hard. It is difficult. At times, you may think, what am I doing? But it's better. Love is better. Kindness is better. Forgiveness is better. To lean toward love. To hear the invitation that says, come, follow me. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you invite us to follow you. I thank you that you didn't give up on us. I thank you that although in times we may turn away, Jesus, I thank you that your love is good. That you ask us to follow you. 
Enjoying this week's message? Please consider giving to our ministry and helping us continue the work of Jesus Christ by making a contribution. Go to esmethodist.com on your computer or smartphone and click on the Giving and Service tab. Yale, the word benediction from Psalm 18. May you leave today and hear the voice of Jesus, the soft, calm, gentle, loving voice that says, come and follow me. And as you have encounters this week, would you show that love of Jesus? Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast of The Spring. Tune in every Sunday evening for the next rejuvenating podcast of music and messages from the First United Methodist Church of Excelsior Springs. God bless you and have a great week.